Welcome to This Week in the 90s, brought to you by Alive and Gigging, the 90s football podcast. My name is Ash Rose and I'm starting, which I hate to do, but I'm starting with a slight apology that we weren't here last week. That was totally my fault. I'm in the midst of house renovations and it's kind of chaos in my house at the moment. So finding time to find the boys and, and talk 90s football was pretty difficult last week. Um, but I am going to put a disclaimer in from the 90s world anyway and say that January in the 90s is a pretty dead month other than what we're going to talk about today. So, um, yeah, it's not been the worst time to, to miss a week um, on Alive and Kicking. But it meant I missed the, the voices of these two brilliant people as well. And we were moaning about the transfer window before we started recording, so we'll get onto that in a minute because we're recording this on probably the most boring deadline day there's ever been since the change in the system. Um, there's snow outside, so there's calls for the orange ball. Um, but the only call I have is for these two people. Firstly, he is a social media mogul. He's a Borough fan who's very disappointed about their activity in the transfer market, but he's here for us. Joe Young, you right? Oh, hello. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's been about as inactive as it's possible to be on a transfer window there. No, very, no feeling very much like Tom Jules because there's nothing going on. God, it's terrible. Yeah, uh, no, nothing. There was talk of um, there was talk of Asombolonga going out, but. Oh, yeah. Uh, Someone random as well. Who that, was after that would have, uh, Blackburn. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, it's not for me, that. No. Yeah, yeah. it's been a very quiet day all day. As a QPR fan, we're on embargo, so it's been... We don't need to worry about the transfer window. It's all been very quiet, apart from a couple of loans out. Um, all quiet at Old Trafford, but all happy at Old Trafford for Mr Matthew Chris, writer extraordinaire from many plethora of outlets. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm all right. Do you, do you live in the um, house that Shake and Stevens sang about, by the way? Because you always seem got to be... a green. What it's got a green door. No, I, I mean the old. House. I mean this old house. I mean you always seem to be fixing the roof or fixing the window or doing something to that house. I mean, unless you live in some stately home or somewhere right. in, in I, Kent. That... I very much wish I, w- I did. Um, I don't know the reference. You're obviously cl- completely keeping it eighties there with Mr. Shake. Yeah, and well, Stevens. early eighties, yeah. I say. Um, yeah. I do, I'm, we were planning a house extension. This is very boring for everybody. Um, that's not quite an extension, more renovation now. And the proper renovations, we're doing a garage conversion, started this week. So I'm sitting in the back of what used to be my living room that's going to be my dining room and the kitchen. Does, does that mean you get your new office? Eventually, finally? yeah, eventually. That's like way down the list, but it's, yeah, eventually, yeah. All the, new, all the old kits will be on the wall, all my figures and 90s memorabilia will be all come out of storage and go in the office, but yeah. That's way down the list. There's a garage conversion, a new kitchen, a new bathroom, carpets, decorating, all to come from. Yeah, so basically what you're saying is there's going to be lots of weekends or weeks missed of, uh, of podcasts because you're going to be... the B&Q podcast or the bloody uh, <laughs> live could, and 90s podcast? I could bloody well do one right now. I can tell you, I know far too much about DIY and I'm, if anyone who knows me, I'm shit at doing DIY, but I know far too much about it now to... To even you know when you've got something in your brain you don't want to know about I want to get it out but yeah I know things I shouldn't really I won't even care about in kind of six weeks time but this is complete and utter nonsense and boring for anyone who's listening well you did say there was nothing going on this week so we're talking about shaking Stevens and house renovations, house renovations yeah being you know that shaking Stevens is the most successful British solo male artist of the 1980s oh, good fact and the and the most successful British chart artist of the 21st century's Tiny Temper. Now, I, I can't think of two more um, 
opposite, opposite yeah. polarizing. Yeah. Well, surely, surely, who would who was the the most successful solo male artist of the nineties? Yeah, I can't remember. Well, that, Robbie Williams. Robbie Williams. It's got to be Robbie yeah, Williams. I would, I would have thought it would be Bobby. Well, yeah, let's hope not. Yeah. I know you, you you got a soft spot for him, Joel, because of your no, no, no. I, no, I always hated Robbie Williams, and then I ended up sort of. Friend. indirectly working with him and he's, <laughs> he's sound and he really upset me and I didn't want to say it but oh, Robbie's really nice you know I said it like with a bit of a bad heart we've talked about this before I know. Right? take that friend oh. um, before we were recording well you were talking you were listening to the greatest guitar solo of all time this has turned into a music podcast all of a sudden I was listening to, yeah the greatest guitar solo of all time yeah which is well this is a 70s guitar solo what, what one was that bit under, and it's, well it's a guitar solo that resulted in death threats for the people who've made the record and and that was uh goodbye i love by the carpenters okay. um which has a mad crazy fuzz guitar solo right in the middle of it which is ace um but yeah the carpenters got death threats for it and i think noel gallagher later lifted it for champagne supernova so if you've heard champagne supernova by oasis Obviously, it's the nineties. Uh, it was directly. If stopped. anyone hasn't it, listened to that song on, and is listening to this podcast, then it'd be yeah, very no, strange. The, I bet the Venn diagram of <laughs> yeah. that is very. Uh, yeah, but um, it, it's been. Basically, it's the guitar solo that uh, Noel Gallagher lifted for Champagne Supernova. So yeah, so go and listen to it. It's nice. It's good. Okay. Well, that's your music update over with. Um, I mentioned the transfer window. We were talking about it pre-record, uh, Matthew, and you were about to go into a big old rant about how it's not. The same as it used to be. <laughs> well, there's a surprise, eh? <laughs> me, me, uh, me moaning about how things used to be better in the in the old days. I mean, I'm not. I don't think it was particularly better. I just think it was just more of a non-event, wasn't it? I mean, anyone that remembers the old, yeah. That I mean, the, basically, the tran- there was a transfer deadline. What was it? The last weekend of March, something like and that. And then yeah. oh, it, was, it was usually. I mean, I think it was the th- last Thursday in March, and then it was a bit like the taxi, wasn't it? It was sort of stuck in the middle of the <laughs> uh, spring. And, and basically you had to sign everybody by March the 28th. If you didn't, then you had to wait till the end of the season, which isn't really a, a long wait. And if you hadn't done your business by then, seeing as you could sign everybody or anybody really throughout the season, um, more for you really. But we, we were just saying how you never really got any kind of key key signings in that in the old system. It was almost like the, the new window as as sort of encourage people to go out and buy players they don't need or spend money they haven't got. I mean, you think of all the sort of key signings sort of off the top of my head in the, eight, well, 90s, 80s, whatever, you know. I remember Barnes and Beardsley joining Liverpool. That was a summer signing. I mean, all, all the big the big sort of transfers of that day yeah, seem to be done in the, yeah. in, in the summer. Um, so, there isn't one you know, that this... instantly springs to mind. I was just trying to half-ass Google it while you were talking there, and I there isn't one that's screaming out. I haven't found one. Oh, you mentioned Jan Alafortov, of course, from we went from yeah, we got to from Swindon Town in 1994 for 1.5 million pounds, and him and Uber Stukes got promoted. So God, I'd love us to get on, but he's such a big star in. He's like he's, uh, he's a serious he's Gary, he's big. Gary of Scandinavia, isn't he? I mean, well, and, and he does, but he does everything. Across, he does lots of stuff in Germany. He does lots of stuff in France. Um, yeah, I love Jan Fjordov. He, he was my um, big before Janino came. Fjordov was my favourite at the Borough. Um, but yeah, one point five. I think we got him for. Um, I don't remember. Much. Was that was that actually on the de- the old deadline? That day? was on the old deadline day. Yeah, so end of March yeah. ninety four. So. The the new concept, uh, as it is, well, it's not that new, but I mean, the the, the change was what two, uh, 95 season, 94? 
95? No, it was later than that, no, wasn't no, it? No, it was in the 2000s. Oh, 2002. Was it? Yeah, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. I was thinking of the... Um, I was thinking of the uh, the Bosman. No, Bosman. Right, yeah, yeah no, Bosman was mid nineties. Um, yeah. No, the, the transfer window as we know it. Yeah, that, oh, I can't on top of the head, but it was mid two thousands. I think we've had it longer than people think. To be honest, the the, the whole. Well, not as not as long as I thought. Obviously, yeah. I, I Burnley have signed uh, Peter Crouch. They have. They have today. Good signing. Love bit. Have of you seen it? They're going there. Love, <laughs> love me a bit of Crouchy. Yeah. Keep your. Um, I was going to say legend, but that's pushing the, the boat out a little bit. But he was. He did very well for us in the in the debut season, Mr. Crouch. So yeah, I'm a big fan of his podcast as well for talking about podcasts. Um, yeah, no, I can't remember. If anyone listening remembers a big March '90s transfer, then do tweet us at AK '90s because yeah, I don't think it, I don't think there was a wanton need for panic buying by that point, was there? Because like it's like what. Been, no, but it happened like we, we said before we came on. You know, Andy Cole went to Manchester United like in January. January. Yeah. Um, you were just allowed to buy people whenever you wanted to buy them. There wasn't this mad rush to, we have this month to go and get anybody. I mean, I, I always remember what Sam Allardyce said about it. It's like, what's the point in it? Is it just to give Sky a big day? I don't get it. I, I, I don't know. I'm allowed to go in the shop and buy something anytime I want. Why can't you do it at a football club? If anybody's got any answers to that, I'd love to hear it. I mean, I suppose the old system basically was... You had to. You couldn't just sign somebody a week left in the season that was going to score your hat trick on the last day of the season. I yeah. suppose that's that's basically why they had this sort of strange deadline day of the end of March. And I suppose that's fair enough. But yeah, then the current system it, it's a bit like Christmas shopping, isn't it? People feel like they've got to go out and buy something even if they don't need it. And it's. I mean, it is that now. It's it's got less. I think over the years. I mean, we saw some big January signings in well, what ten, fifteen years ago. You got. Was Torres Andy Carroll? Yeah, and for, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. so you know, people seem to think they had to buy people in January. I think now people are a bit more clued up, and they think, "Hang on, it's not. It's probably not best for for the team. Plus, you, you know, team players aren't willing to sell, and people don't want to buy, so it doesn't seem to suit anybody really." But well, even, even, as well, though, with um, sort of pre, you know, somebody will sign a pre what what pre contract agreement. Yeah. That's the one. Thank you. Thank you, Ash. Sorry, yeah. Pre-contract agreement. If people do that, then it sort of negates the fact, negates the point of it, doesn't it, really? You know, if you're going to, if somebody is, if you want somebody so much, so desperately for your side, then you're going to go and make them sign the pre-contract agreement and, and go from there. It's, so this is, I don't know, it's, it doesn't really sit right, does it? Mm. I used to love Deadline Day. That was my th- the fun part of it, like sitting in front of Sky Sports News and Twitter all day. But I actually even forgot this morning that it was Deadline Day because it's been such a damp squib of a deadline. And I think you're right, Mac. I think, I think people have just cottoned on that January isn't really, unless you're desperately needing to replace somebody injured or, you know, I'd say Huddersfield, but they're so cut adrift that they, they, I think they've given up on Premier League anyway. So... It does. I mean, even the, even the summer one seen. It, I mean, yeah. I might be wrong, but it, it seems to have calmed down a bit compared to what it used to be. People seem to have done their business, even though um, you know there is a deadline. People seem to have arranged it all anyway. So when the when the window comes round, it's like it's almost like you know exchanging money for a deal that was done a few months before. So it's sort of a case. I don't know. It's, I, I don't like it to be honest. I think it's. I think people are starting to suss out that it's a bit of a a bit of a, a joke. So yeah. Let's yeah. get rid of it. I'm, I'm with Sam, Sam, big Sam on that one. <laughs> well, they did that weird thing this summer one, didn't they, with the World Cup, and they tried to. They did it before the end of the month, and they did it before the season, and everyone thought that was a fantastic idea. Well, I think that's the new. Isn't that the new case going forward now that it has to finish 
before the I think that's, they've that already countries to not do that next season or oh maybe the God. season after I can't remember but it was a stupid time to do it during World Cup year because everybody was still on bloody holiday weren't they and, and things like that but yeah it's um, I don't think it's, it's going anywhere at the moment the, the window so it, it is what it is but yeah you know, I like everything which we say on here bring it back to the 90s bring it back that's what I say um, as I said at the top of the show January isn't the sort of most eventful month even in 10 years of football in the 1990s we went for FA Cup moments a couple of episodes ago um, but the, the one big story that we did miss last week, um, we're remiss of us as well not to talk about it, especially because uh, a certain uh, regular here has written about it for 442 as well. So he'll be taking the most of the mantle on this. But it is, I mean, it's one of the most famous incidents, not just in 90s football, but in definitely in football in general. It's the Kung Fu kick from Mr. King Eric Cantona on the 25th of January 1995. Um, that set the scene before we talk about the actual event. Uh, defending champions United travelled uh, to Selhurst Park in second place, two points behind leaders Blackburn, um, who they'd beaten 1-0 at Old Trafford three days earlier with Cadnoff scoring the winner. Uh, victory at Lowly Palace would return United to the top of the league. Um, the game's quite innocuous in terms of the result, 1-1 draw in the end, Matthew, but I mean... I'm going to ask Joel this as well from a neutral, but for you, where were you? How do you remember the incident and how shocking it was at the time? Yeah, well, in answer to that, I was about 80 yards away from it. He was there, people. He was <laughs> Good there. lad. I mean, do you remember the old uh, way end at Palace? It's on the same side as it is now, but it, it was sort of the other end of the pitch, if, uh, yeah, no, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah. So it was almost opposite the tunnel. Um yeah, I'd been to the Blackburn game. I mean, it was a, it was a, it had the potential for a great running, which it obviously was. Um, like you say, Andy Cole had just signed a week or two before. Uh, came on, made his debut against the uh, Blackburn in the uh, Sunday game, uh, which United won one nil. Um, and going to this Palace game, it was a real case of, you know, I think everyone fancied United to chase down Blackburn and win their third title in a row, which would have been the first team to do it since uh, Bob Paisley Liverpool did it in in the 70s. So it was a huge deal. And I, I think, in, in fairness, a lot of people thought it was a... I, I think everyone thought it was going to happen. Um, United were sort of in the ascendancy. They just signed probably the most potent goal scorer there was in the game at the time. Um, I was a bit upset at the time because it, it signalled the end for Mark Hughes, who was a big hero of mine at the time. But um, So, yeah... Went down to London. I remember buying a new suede leather jacket in Kensington Market that day. Um, putting it on. It was a cold day. I remember a bit of a snow in the air. Oh, it was cold and you were wearing a nice jacket. I think nice. you should do like the wardrobe of Matthew, Chris. <laughs> I can remember it well because it, it was brand new. It was from Kensington Market and it was a suede oh, right, black yeah. leather jacket. And Ooh. it had a real, that, that real... You look like Fonzie. Yeah, I'm trying to think what it, it was. It was like a sort of large version of a suit jacket but with a collar and and you know it was a sort of a smart sort of evening jacket so i don't know why i i must have looked like a bit, a bit of a debonair wearing not, a jacket like that like stone <laughs> island is it no yeah no no it wasn't and it stunk of, i would uh, try to stick through this because i would put it up on my wall yeah i'm trying to get it yeah i don't know what happened to it but it oh, stunk I'm of it stunk of that new leather smell, you know, that real... And I was, I remember being really paranoid at the game that I, everyone must, be, must have thought, hey, what's that smell? It smelled like a, a shoe shop. I, I smelled like a shoe shop, basically. Um, so, yeah, went, went, went to the game. Um, and I think, say, everyone, everyone thought, I think everyone thought, well, this is it, you know, United are going to go on. 
win the game. They'd beaten Blackburn the week before, so they'd cut the gap. They won this game, they'd have gone level, and then everyone expected United to go on and win the league. And um, like Ash says, it the, the game really was pretty nondescript. Um, classic case of United going to an away game. Palace were up for it. They they wanted to kick United at every opportunity, which is fair enough, um, and they did. And the home fans were up for it. I mean, you could you could tell something was going to happen. I mean, I remember. It's easy to say in hindsight, but you could. There was an atmosphere. There was a feel, and there was watching United away back then. I mean, you're it, it, sort of used to it now. Everyone hate, hates United. I mean, maybe not now because they're, they're, they're crap. But then it was. <laughs> it, there was a sort of a like it will be. I'm sure if Liverpool, when Liverpool win the league and they go on and, and dominate football. I mean, people hate them already, and they haven't won anything. But so God knows what will happen if they start winning things. But there was a bit of a. There was a, a huge hatred towards United going to away games then, and. Um, Palace is always obviously a fierce, sort of un, uh, hostile ground, and you could sense something was going to happen. And um, obviously, United, uh, United took uh, David May scored, didn't he? His first yeah. ever goal for United. And um, it, but two minutes after half time, a uh, bit of a boot downfield. Richard Shaw, who'd marked Cantona pretty much out of the game all, all, all match. Um, yeah, kicked out at Cantona or ruffled his feathers and, and as we all know Cantona turned around and uh, lashed out at him kicked him kicked him from behind and um, was sent right off right, rightfully so and um, where I was from my vantage point you could see that obviously Cantona made that long walk down towards that tunnel in the, in the corner um, it's still there but we, for some reason everyone's eyes particularly mine were trained on on Cantona just because of him and he was you know he had that 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 moment when he was sent off, he sort of stood there, didn't he, looking around with a collar up, and um, and then he sort of strolled off the pitch and, and he, he milked it somewhat. But the whole ground was in an absolute ferment, and as he walked down that side of the pitch, I mean, that that whole stand was just giving it to him, and people were not just a certain person that ended up uh, getting a kick in the chest, but everyone was giving him dogs abuse. Now I just I just you just kind of knew you thought something's going to happen here. There's definitely going to be a I thought he was going to say something. I thought he was going to remonstrate with the fans or whatever. And then, sure enough, like in slow motion, he um, he just went straight into the crowd. And yeah, I mean, but when I was, I've obviously spoken a lot about it and, and written about it. But you just really didn't realise what you'd seen because these days, straight away, you'd have gone, "Did that just happen? Hang on a minute, let me check my phone." And somebody yeah. would have gone, "Yeah, look." Yeah, yeah. But you know, he did. The, the altercation happened, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Paul Ince came running down. He got he got involved. Our, our friend, our old friend of the show, Norman Davis, actually the kit man, was one of the first men to because I think he'd I think he'd foreseen what we all saw and started to shadow Cantona down the touchline because uh, Ferguson and, and most of the players on the bench were sort of rearranging the United team, you know, trying to uh, you know, get, get the formation set up for playing for, with ten men. So they were all their all their focus was on what was happening on the pitch and defending a free kick and. So I think Norman Davis thought he would sort of shadow Cantona down the touchline, maybe just guide him, give him a, a sort of guiding arm. But um, as it turned out, he was the man that tried to dive in there. Then Paul Ince dived in. And then the rest of the players obviously saw what was going to happen. Peter Schmeichel ran over, I remember, and ended up getting a cup of tea thrown over him. And it really was the most, it was just the most bizarre atmosphere I've ever experienced in a game. Because when you're at a game and a goal goes in, there's a, obviously a sort of a euphoric roar. If there's a great save, there's a, cheer if there's a penalty not given there's a sort of angry um yeah, yeah cacophony of noise but this was just a it was like a, being at a, a 
wrestling match or a boxing match. It was an aggressive sort of um, roar from both sides, and it's it just like nothing I've ever, I've ever experienced at the time or since. And um, obviously, sure enough, Cantona gets bundled down the touchline, and then for the rest of the game, well, nobody really, really remembers what happened. It was just obviously, you know, it was one-one. May scored his first goal for United. Uh, Southgate scored for Palace, but it really, it, it just. It just didn't matter. It's more a case of people thinking, did that just happen? And we can't wait to find out what happened and and how it happened. And, and it wasn't until I got back in the early hours of the morning, my brother picked me up from the station and his first words to me were, did Cantona hit a fan? I heard Cantona hit a fan. And I said, well, I think so, but you tell me. And we were both sort of, because he really didn't have any um, anything to go on. And I assume there were highlights that night, were there? I mean, I don't, re- don't remember because I was travelling back. Yeah. But, um, I I know but, the the commentary the famous commentary from Jonathan Pierce so he was definitely yeah the great the go, uh, capital goal cap yeah. commentary yeah but but I heard uh, this week or last week when they were talking about it, apparently the Premier League don't sanction highlights of the yeah. actual coverage of it because yeah, they're almost ashamed it. of it and yeah. they they don't pre- sort of almost pretend it, it never happened which I is a think, bit strange I could be wrong but when I've watched the Premier League years or that show that's you know they put on Sky Sports Football when they haven't gotten anything else to put on I don't think they show it on that I think they show the melee beforehand. Where, yeah, like there's saying, obviously a few stand well, stock well, images. You want to know the story? Go on, Mr. Well. Young. It's um, the Premier League deemed it so traumatic that they will only allow it to be shown on certain occasions, and it costs one holy hell of a lot of money mm-hmm. for it to be on there. So that, that's the story. That, I, that annoys me in a way because they obviously think, oh, well, we don't want to show it, it's so disgusting, but then they'll charge people a lot of money to show it. Which, Mm-hmm. It's a bit contradictory, isn't it? But I mean, I was going to say to you. I mean, obviously, I was there. I remember it as clear as day from my point of view. But in a way, I think it shocked people that weren't there more because the the news filtered out. And again, it was on Sports Night. It was even in in pre much of the day times. It was on Sports Night on the Wednesday. Yeah, and, uh, I was going to say there would have been a highlight show. Yeah. Sidekick to it might have been Desmond Lynham, I think. And it was it was seen as being outrageous. But maybe this is the point of. Something that happens in a football match, on the pitch or sort of off the pitch, becoming sort of major mainstream crazy news because a mad tackle or a leg breaking tackle or anything else like that wouldn't have been front page of the papers, and yet it was with this. Maybe that's the start. I mean, I don't know. I'm just sort of thinking off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, who knows? Well, there's two two things I think about it since. I mean, one. What the hell would it have been like these days with social media? I mean, it would have just been it had blown, yeah, unbelievable. But but also on the other hand, it was it it was huge at the time because obviously you didn't have that instant reaction like you do now. I mean, obviously, I mean for the rest of that game, I mean, best part of the whole second half, everyone was basically looking at each other, going, "Did that? Did that just happen? What the fuck did we just see?" You know, it was a, it was like a post mortem for the whole second half, and then. It wasn't really until I everyone... I didn't hear about it, honestly, until the next day. Yeah, I don't Yeah, I well, that was the thing. I, I got back early hours, and you, you obviously had teletext or the late news or whatever. But if you didn't see it, then you, you obviously relied on the papers. I was in um, sick form at the time, and I remember going in, and um, people were like, you were there last night, what happened? And did it really happen? And again, you know, now people wouldn't even ask you that, because they'd know, they'd know it happened before you could even, even tell them. There'll be gifts but people and were, memes before yeah, even realise. people yeah. were... People they would be telling you. Yeah, exactly. They'd I mean, be like, pe- going, oh, he's the meme, he's the, he's the gif, he's the... Yeah, I mean, that. people were... It was a classic. People sort of coming up to tapping me and going, to, you know, I, someone said that this happened, you were there, did it happen? And I'm thinking, like now, 
they would have known that before I even left that ground. So that's, I mean, that's obviously different times, but I mean, it was huge. I mean, it, you can't, you can't, for someone that doesn't remember it, you can't really emphasize how massive it was. And rightfully so, really. I mean, it's kind of, so I think it's almost become a bit of a, not a joke now, but people sort of chuckle about it and what have you. But I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty big wasn't it it was a big deal and even if it did happen now i mean i don't uh, it would be a massive story today so so i wonder right it would be so. huge in a different way i yeah. think i think i think then it was huge because it was unprecedented whereas now it would be used to beat football up it would be used to talk about money and and stock up you know who yeah. this millionaire think he is whereas before it was just can't as an idiot whereas now it would turn into a whole class and saying that though if you listen to um Jonathan Pierce's commentary, he's quite damning, isn't he, yeah. saying he should never play again. And and remember the press at the time, it was front page and back page news for about a week. I mean, yeah, people yeah, yeah. Were, were calling for yeah. him to never play again. I mean, he was, don't forget, he was sentenced in court to two weeks in prison originally. Yeah. You know, he was sent down for it. Um, so, I mean, it was, a, it was a big deal. I mean, people seem to think, it, I, you look back on it sort of fondly as a, a bit of a, oh, you know, good old Canton, I'll do giving it to a, a hooligan, which, yeah, that's, that is true. But in terms of the, the story, it was massive. But what was kind of refreshing about it was you didn't have the social media inquest that you would now. I mean, people obviously were talking about it all over the place, but it was kept among people that, I don't know, it was a bit, it was less of a, it was less of his. It was hysteria, but not the sort of hysteria that you but see now. Everything to say we now, every, yeah, you know, I mean, you know, everybody's ready to get upset by anything, whether it's a bad tackle or a badly taken throw in. You know, yeah, it's just I mean, like I, I and saw then you, was... get, you get the newspapers going. You know, who took this throw yeah. in, and what is it worth, I, and what is his wife called? You know, well, stupid article. I saw something like last night at the Liverpool game. It, it cut to the Le- Leicester bench, and one of the Leicester coaches was fiddling with his phone I think he was turning on on silent you know like you would do it silence, so a minute yeah. silent yeah. and I mean I looked last night and there were people saying oh it's a disgrace and all this I mean mostly people that didn't know any better and I thought god if that you know the poor lad's probably just thinking oh I better make sure my phone's on silent because you know there's a minute silence here which you'd all do you've all done it when if you've gone to a wedding or a funeral or whatever you, you it's something you do and the the guy was absolutely vilified for it, so God knows what people would say about what Cantar did. But don't get me wrong, I mean, Cantar was absolutely, there was a huge witch hunt, if you remember. I mean, the papers were all... Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Streaming them. News, I mean, the, nowadays... Headline news on the... Like, I, just want to say, I just want to say, by the way, the transfer window has closed. Oh. Okay, thank you. Very much. The excitement. Um, did they get Batshuayi over the line? We'll find out. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Talking to Crystal Palace. Um, yeah, and I, I remember it being on the news. Um, I, I have a joke. I found out the next day and saw the pictures and stuff. And so I, you didn't know that you hadn't didn't no, hear it at the time. I, I, don't, I don't. I remember. I was listening to the radio. I, I don't think I listened to the. I've only heard the Jonathan Pierce since. Um, no, I don't. I, I don't think I knew that evening. I think it, I remember the next day getting up and my dad being at breakfast and showing me the newspaper, and I was just like, "Whoa, what happened there?" And then you went into school and everyone was talking about it, and then. I think it was because it was like a Wednesday night, wasn't yeah. it? I would have, yeah. yeah, so I would have been in bed early. I would imagine we we're trying to go to bed early, um, so I wouldn't have seen it until the next morning. And I definitely remember being at breakfast with, and my dad showing me the the newspaper and then talking to my friends Richard Scott and Matthew Evans, who I have no idea what they're doing now these days, but we were talking about it in the playground and things like that. So, yeah. so this must have been post uh, paper round for you then. Pre paper round. Yeah. Pre paper. Oh, pre. Round. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Pre paper round. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because you would have been one, of, you would have been one of the first people to 
Back in those no, days, you would have been no, one of the first people to hear the news. No, he's been right on it, wouldn't no, he? Might have uh, no, it was. I think a year later, I was doing paper rounds. Yeah, but I mean, what, what's another thing worth noting is, I mean, these days, Cantona is almost looked upon as the hero of the, the story. I mean, whether you agree with that or not is up, you know, up to you. But I mean, people, and I know a lot. Of, you know, I was talking to a lad here in um, Liverpool last week, a, a staunch Liverpoolian Liverpool fan, and he was saying, "Oh, good old Cantona, good on him," you know, and all this. And it's funny because at the time he was so vilified, but now it, over time he's almost become a bit of a hero of against hooliganism hasn't he and and allegedly you know he was racially abused or, or what have you not, not um, according to matthew simmons who says uh, a very different account of what well he did he, say, uh, he did Cantona. at the time yeah. yeah does he say off with you Cantona? Yeah. that's an early bath for you Something like that. Yeah. actually i bet you got the uh, no i couldn't find you know what i couldn't find it which is really weird um i heard it um the uh oh, what's it? daniel story who's a journalist uh used to write for um, football 365 has written a book on this very incident and he was talking about it on the Totally Football Show and it's where I remembered the quote and I, but I was trying to find it today and I couldn't find it but yeah it's something exactly like you just said Joel and like I said off of your head go home Cantona when we all pretty much know it was much more <laughs> expletive than that mm. um, but, it, but he seems to have spun no, I'm not saying it's Cantona spun it at all deliberately but he's it, it, over time he's almost become you know, if you spoke to sort of ten people that remember, they'd probably all say now, "Oh yeah, you know, fair play, he gave it to that lad who was giving him stick." Whereas at the time, people were all for having him, uh, you know, strung up and kicked out of the country and kicked out of the game and, and everything. But now people seem to sort of look back on it and go, "Well, you know what? If that guy was giving him the stick that he was, then fair play." I mean, again, that's your that's an opinion for people to have. I mean, how far you you take the law into your own hands is for another another discussion i mean it, it just it just interests me talking to people now they all seem to sort of pretty much sympathize with Cantona, and, and it's just it's a million miles away from what i remember at the time where everyone was i mean he basically could have was trying with people were trying to hound him out of the country he very, he very, number one yeah, yeah he, he, very did, nearly, he, did, he very nearly did leave i mean he he, did, he wanted to but leave at the same time matthew i think that there was so many people who loved him and and kind of although they didn't know what was going on they kind of guessed what was going on and what yeah had gone on that and i think day. people there, know there was a lot of support people, for him there i think yeah and i and i, and I think Rightly so, and and I think people know that what footballers get, and and they get it nowadays. But the thing is, nowadays people seem to think that because people earn a lot of money, they're entitled to yeah, they're, they're, that they're, kind yeah, of yeah. You, you should just go, oh well, I'll grin and bear it. Yeah, which which I'm not, it which I don't agree matter. with. It's like, you're a human it's being. A, right? It's a thing with it's like Colin Moore, you know, when, when people say, oh, how can you de- be depressed when you're on twenty thousand oh, yeah, pound a week? Yeah, well, so you naive. can be depressed no matter how much money you're on, no matter how good your job is. Bloody hell. I worked, I had the happiest job in the world and I had a terrible bout of depression and I had the funniest, greatest job I would have ever known. So I always think that sort of stuff is nonsense. By yeah, no, and, it, and it's, prominent, it's prominent now. It wasn't so much at the time because, I mean, I know relatively Cantona was on a lot of money, but I mean, nowadays he was probably only, I don't know, he was probably like 15, what, 10, 15 yeah, grand. 20 yeah, because yeah, yeah. if you remember, if you remember. Well, when, the, when um, we signed Ravinelli and that was 42 and that made the front page of the sun. Yeah, that was what I mean, a bit later. that was about yeah. that was we got him in '97, I think yeah, it was. Because yeah. you remember when the next day, when Can- the press were camped outside Cantona's house, he's seen coming out of his house in a sort of multi-coloured cardigan. Yeah, it's, like a, it's, it's cardigan, almost yeah. it's like a it's like a sort of 
nice middle class semi detached house in Cheadle or somewhere. But yeah, it's not been any, like it's, he's not no. living in, a, in an unobtainable gated, gated yeah. community. He, he comes yeah. out of the house and gets into like a, like a Rover jazz or something, poet or something, doesn't he? And um, and you know, now if that was now, he'd be there'd be somebody on the intercom buzzing, and there'd be a you know like a, a gated community. But I mean, like I say, he was obviously on good money, very good money. But it, there wasn't that. It didn't seem to have that stick to beat him with at the time like it does now now it seems to be whatever happens to a football is fair game really which like Joel says I I think is um, is unfair because you know who wouldn't who wouldn't accept a job that's 300 grand a week plus yeah, a lot but, of it though is from bit, people that are bitter and miserable with their own lives it's, oh well you know I, I earn minimum wage and I do 40 hours a week you know and yeah. whatever, that's cool but like it, it, it's just I think and they earn it's a false equivalency, I think, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it, no, yeah. I mean, let, let's let's not forget, Cantor did have a terrible temper, and he did do. I mean, oh yeah, he's he's, he's he's pushed refs and he's kicked. You know, there's, he, you know, he has this. It's not totally out of character. That's why when it happened, and I, my eyes were transfixed on him as he walks off the pitch because you just had that feeling. I mean, if if it had been Gary Pallister that had been sent off for kicking out Richard Shaw, I don't think anyone would have even thought mm. anything like that would happen. But because it was Cantor, and he'd, he'd obviously he'd basically been. His, his career had ended in France because he attacked a ref or he'd done something, and he, yeah. you know, he did have a, he definitely had a, a hot streak um, and a temper, and I think that's why we all knew that fuse had been lit. And um, whatever Simmons said, you know, well, did, did... I, I found the quote that, that we were referring to. According to Matthew Simmons, he said, as Joel mentioned, off, off, off. It's an early bar for you, Mister Cantona. <laughs> <laughs> Where, as a, a uh, as, as somebody who was sitting next to him, apparently, it says they actually said. Oh. F off back to France, you French bastard, and called his mother a French whore, which is probably more likely of the two situations. I mean, I, there, I do I wonder. I do wonder how much of that cancer would have hurt because it was a mighty. I mean, I'm not again. I'm not justifying what Simmons said, and, and it, it turned out he ended up getting sent down as well because he kicked off in the in the courtroom when he yeah, was sentenced. Yeah, yeah. He, he kicked off and had to be. You know, he was he was sentenced for contempt of court. So I'm not saying he was an angel, but. Yeah, I do wonder how much of that counter actually heard word for word. But either way, I think he was mighty pissed off. Somebody was giving him the bird, and it, it was whoever it was was going to get it. That's that's how I saw it that night. And there's it, um, there's a great quote from Alan Smith, who was the um, Crystal Palace manager at the time. Because um, well, there's a great article on the BBC. If you Google this incident, there's loads and loads of quotes from Alex Ferguson, Gary Pallister. Um, some there's two. There's two I've written. If you want to plug those, but I was uh, getting yeah. to that. Give me a chance. Um, <laughs> there's also two by brilliant by Matthew Christ. One that's in the is it the next issue that it's even out yet? Is it? Well, there's actually one for the sportsman and one for football whispers. So if you really want to look at there it, there you go. All, yeah. Matthew's all over this. If you um, can't wait for the next copy of 442 then I'd direct you to the sports and all oh, see, I, whispers. I always plug the uh, the print first being, being a man inside print but the um, I don't know if you come across this Matthew that, that apparently after the game Alan Smith said to Sir Alex that's an everyday occurrence in Putney High Street I don't know what the, all the fuss is about oh god yeah of course he did <laughs> which is uh, yeah says well, it, that, that whole Smith incident really, led to that the classic expression at the time was if you did that on the street on a Friday night you'd yeah. get yeah. sent down which kind of probably was why he did get sent down I mean <clears throat> to complete the story he got two weeks jail which was appealed and then he ended up getting um, 120 hours yeah. Yeah, teaching kids football and but it's a ban he actually was banned from football wasn't he for nine, nine months, months and, and yeah. to, nine, the extent, to the extent that well. when to the extent that when he was obviously banned United arranged a couple of uh, Sort of behind closed doors friendlies to basically just keep him fit, and I think, and he was told he wasn't allowed to play, or he, 
the FA said you can't play, and he, he put in a transfer request, and it was all for leaving and joining Inter Milan. But again, Ferguson talked him around because Ferguson, after it happened, Cantona hot-footed it off to France. Um, we thought he'd never come back, and um, and apparently, well, we we know now that Alex Ferguson basically flew over to France, tracked him down, didn't know where he was, and sort of knocked on a few doors and found him, and basically said. Look, there's a place for you here if you want to, you know, come back, and we'll build, build the team around you. And for the next Brilliant. What, two years, he, he was he was the talisman of the club. I mean, he, he didn't stick around for much longer, did he? I mean, he, he was well, gone. No, he, he left. He he retired the day after we um, got beat in the FA Cup final. You may have mentioned, <laughs> you may have mentioned that before, Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that But he didn't have. I mean, the, the following. Uh, following season was worth his he was worth his weight in gold obviously Isn't, wasn't he with this the story goes that Ferguson basically said to him that they've got this crop of youngsters and he wants Cantona yeah, to lead he wanted, lead this class yeah. of 92 and that was what sold him on staying that he would yeah, do yeah because yeah, apparently Inter Milan were very very keen on um, signing him he was absolutely rightly so probably thought right well there's nowhere for me to go there everyone hates me I need a move I don't think anyone would have been surprised if he had done that but you know, fair play to Ferguson. He, he said, "Look, I need you. I want you." There's a group of lads coming through, and as we all know, the following season he was absolutely pivotal. And I mean, that March of the following season, he scored what four goals in the last ten minutes of games in March or something. One of them against QPR, I seem to remember. In the ninety-ninth um, minute, yeah, I know. Yeah, and there was that famous oh, one. Don't be angry. I'm not bitter. The famous one against Newcastle on the Monday yeah. night, the cup final goal. I mean, he was absolutely huge for that season alone so if that if nothing else it was worth him uh, staying for that but yeah, a hell of a story I mean we've been talking about it for what nearly half an hour and well, there's still it's, stuff we have exactly it's it's wonderful so as I said there's been books about it there's been brilliant articles written about it by Mr Chris so yeah if you want even more of Cantona I think you'll find his name is Mr Christ well it was up until uh, 1990 when did I change it January 96 I think I changed it he kept it 90 you see what, yeah. was, what was number one when 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 that happened? Then, then January '96. I'm trying to think when it was. Definitely January '95 and '96. I'm trying to think what it would have been. Well, this was January '95. Would have been. A, was this? To do I'm good at. I'm, I'm good at like knowing what's number one when people were born. When's your birthday, Ash? Uh, I see. I know what number one when I was born. So June June the fourth, '83. That's uh, so called chameleon then, maybe. Mm, nope. Go on, oh. one, more, one more guess. Uh, oh God, I don't know. Uh, I'll be like. I'm going to say too shy or something by. It was uh, it was the police. And all right, don't stand so close to me. No, not the. Um, the all one... right, it's the other way. It's 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 ding 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 Dancing Queen by ABBA, oh. September 1996. So, yeah, it was um, Dancing Queen by ABBA. So, yeah. September 28th of September. So, I think we were a couple of weeks apart. I'm younger than I'm older than you. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, August the sixth, 1976, and mine is um,
Mm-hmm. When can when this happened, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rednecks, Cotton Eye and Joe oh, was what? number one. Now we're oh. talking. Now we're bloody talking. What a yeah. what, was their, what was their second hit? Now popping out og, popping out og, popping out og, popping out og. I'm very proud of you doing that. It's nineties. If it's nineties, I'm there. <laughs> talking. Yeah, no, no, it's popping. I know that. I know that Rednecks put a hundred pound on at Ladbrokes. That they would have ten number one hits well, in a row. <laughs> so that was the easiest hundred pound that Ladbrokes ever made. Did Pop and Oak get to number one? No, Pop and Oak was like top ten, and then yeah, that was the end. Yeah, I think this sounded exactly the same. I think they just changed a couple of chords, didn't they? If I remember rightly. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, there was a bit of like there was this sort of banjo tastic house music that was going on at that time. Like you had that, you had Swamp Thing by the Grid. Tune. Um, mm. And then rednecks, and then uh, everybody's gone for gone. Do you remember that? Oh, no. Two cowboys. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, one. yeah, that I one. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there was a lot of that going on. And, and they were all by people that. I mean, rednecks weren't they from Manchester? I think. Oh. No, no, no. They were from like Norway. Yeah, it was kind of no, they, I, I thought it, I thought it was recorded. I, I thought there was some link to some studio in Manchester or something. It was one of those things where Probably you always. Yeah, because a lot of those artists, you assume they're sort of, you know, from. Texas or somewhere, but they're actually from some, like you say, Norway. Sweden. Or they were from some, Sweden. But, they, but a lot of those artists were, were just basically like a, a, a session singer, weren't they? Singing along to a yeah, yeah. song. Well, that's, that how, been... that's how um, Steps were a thing, because Steps were just brought together to do a country music, five, six, seven, eight record. And then they've ended up Still making millions and, and, and back on the go. Now people love them. I'm like, you're serious. This is just a stupid band. I could say I reckon Ash would have been a steps man. Who's your favourite? Who's your favourite crappy pop band from the 1990s? Uh, is it? Oh god, I could be here for a while. <laughs> we'll be there, like because like Spice Girls. Uh, yeah. no, they, they're too good. They're, you've got talking crap. You got to talk. I did. I did say the other. I did say yesterday actually. Like bad uh, boys I posted, Inc. or someone like did that. Did you see me? Did you see me post um, Jack stuff that I won't do? Yeah, yeah. That is the best. Ravey pop song oh, of the 1990s without any doubt. I'm trying to think what cra- LFO. Do you remember them? Oh, that's yeah. Oh, oh man, yeah. Uh, summer, 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 summer girls. Summer girls with Abercrombie and Fitch. Oh, two of them are dead, which are is they? really sad. One of them, di- yeah, one of them died very recently. Ash, yeah. Uh, two of them are dead. Is like yeah. Let loose. Oh, crazy! crazy is very good. That's yeah, that's yeah. Good I, that, you know what? I was going to say let loose, but you stole my thunder. Yeah, Richie Vermeling. Ricky Verling, yeah. That's um, the lead singer, yeah. Yeah, no. I'm sure there's lots of crap 90s bands that I still love. Um, what I'll do, what I should do is, and we'll we'll tweet this from the account, is let's do a crappy 90s playlist. Stop <laughs> real. I, I, I don't like the crappy thing, though, because, I mean, we're talking about good bands. It's a bit... It's like Let Loose and... Yeah, but, I mean, they're good. Crazy. That is a change. You know, other, otherwise... Well, let's just do... All right, what about... The, what about tunes you might have forgotten about? Yeah, because otherwise you're going down that route That's of like kind, B- BBC Three Talking Heads documentaries where they all go laugh at everything and say how crap it was when actually it was really good. And I, right, I hate this, that. This is the challenge, and this is completely not on the subject of the podcast, but it'd be fun. Next time we're all together, five songs each of, of, of 90s tunes we might have forgotten. Well, why don't we? While we're at I don't, it, I, I don't think Joe's our... forgotten the 90s tune, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, five, five tunes that the 90s forgot, yeah. Uh, why don't we do our Premier League now? Now we've talked about good segments, yeah. nice like challenges. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've done mine, and I know Matthew's done yours. Joe, have you done yours? Of course, I've done mine. How do now? do you want to introduce? Do you want to? Uh, 
what? just talked about it tonight. Yeah, yeah but what is my, my question uh, is, did you do 22 teams or 20? Ah, I did 20. Ah. What, did yeah. you do 22? I've got 22, but I'm happy to remove two. because I was. No, really... I'll go with 22. I can just add two more in. Very yeah, I, I, I did 20, and um, I reckon I could add two more on, but for very odd reasons. But I, there were two that didn't make the cut, I think, and I thought no. I should, but... Uh, I think well, actually no. There's only one actually looking at it. Oh well, my, my mind is probably the easiest way to explain. I don't know how you did yours. I basically took the ninety two ninety three season, uh, which is kind of where I, I most of the teams I think should be in it. Should then, we explain to people what we're doing? Yeah, here? go on, because it was your it was your challenge. Go on. Yeah, it was my idea. What I said was. Is well, hang on a minute. Should... I beg to differ. I think it was my. Just, my <laughs> idea. Well, did well, I Chris, did yeah. I not say that Forest should be in every? Uh, should be in every uh, top flight league. You, you did say that, and then it's okay. So it was a collaborative yeah. effort, but uh, go on, Joe, yeah, I'll let you take you. this one. Yeah, uh, what I said is we should make the ultimate 1990s Premier League lineup, and, and that is, whether that is 20 teams or 22 teams, who knows? But yeah, I've done 20. And let's go from there. Um, so who's going first? Ash, you? Well, yeah, I look, well, what I did, what, most of my, well, the majority of mine are from the first season. So the 92-93 season, um, I removed two from that and replaced them with two different ones. Um, so this... So you were lazy, is that what you mean? No, no, yeah, yeah please, you can read them from, read them, no, read them all not through. No, this is, I knew that, but even when we started thinking about it, I, I remembered the, my, one of my favourite pictures of the 90s is that Sky campaign with, who had a member of each team Sitting at like a, a team lineup. Well, yeah, I remember. Isn't this on the very first podcast where you tried to play ping pong between me and was it uh, Sid? Uh, no, it was Paddy O'Sullivan, friend of the show. Was it? Yeah, who I was talking to last night actually, and he was saying, "I've listened to your podcast. I haven't done it in ages." So I was uh, half annoyed at him and half said, "You have to come on again soon." But yeah, um, but yeah, that's my favourite picture, and it's got a picture from a uh, player from every team. It's got Alan Kernigan from Middlesbrough. Alan Kernigan yeah, is yeah, ours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've got Andy Sinton, and the Man United player is Pallister. I want to say. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah. I thought it was Lee Sharp. Oh, yeah. No, it's Lee Sharp. No, you are correct. It's Lee Sharp. Yeah. That's had a lot in between us then. Um, so, yeah, this is mine. This is kind of in the order of the ta- how the table finished. So, United, Villa, Norwich, Blackburn, QPR, Liverpool, Sheffield Wednesday, Spurs, City, Arsenal, Chelsea, Wimbledon, Everton, Coventry, Ipswich, Leeds, Southampton Palace, Borough Forest, and the two that aren't in it that are in the first season are Oldham and Sheffield United. Sorry, fans. And I've put in Newcastle and West Ham so that's 22 but I would re- I'll be happy to remove two in a minute if that's the rules but well I, I think I did I think 22 is good I would sooner go with 22 to be honest so that's my 20 yes yeah, so that's my 22 um, yeah that, that's just as well because I just realized I forgot one there and I'm, I'm quickly <laughs> adding it on so <laughs> why you do that Joel what how does your, does yours differ t- any way to mine uh, well I'm going in alphabetical order okay go on if you want to go this way uh, Arsenal, yes. Aston Villa, got. I feel like I'm losing now. Got, got me. Yeah, we, got, are we going to yeah. do that? Yeah. Uh, Chelsea, yeah. Everton, Ipswich Town, yeah. They were my waiver, but I've been. No, yeah. Leeds United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United, um, mid Middel, uh, <laughs> Oh, that was another one I forgot. Yeah, mm. oh, you forgot Borough. I've got Borough. Oh, so only joke. Matthew, only joke. Out bloody loud. Come on, keep Middlesbrough. going. Yeah, keep going. Newcastle United, Norwich City, Nottingham Forest, Queens Park Rangers, yeah. 
Sheffield Wednesday, Southampton, Sunderland, West Ham, Wimbledon. Oh, so you've got Sunderland. Yeah, of course Sunderland have to go in there. Yeah, totally. Sunderland is no, I will, I will defend. I, I said straight away, North East things, because I think... Borough, yeah, and that wasn't the rules. It wasn't a North East. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Yeah, but I was table. always going to put Newcastle. You're going to put Darlington Sunderland. in there as well? No, no because <laughs> they were in like four or something. That wasn't happening, man. Come on. I was always putting Borough because the Premier League without Middlesbrough no, would have Borough, been a little bit duller. 100% Newcastle. Well, it's certainly I without would... Newcastle. And actually, and I, I don't, don't know about Sunderland. Sunderland. I more than Newcastle, but nah, you can't have that without Newcastle. I, I think it, this very much is about when you remember certain moments of the night. So where's yours then? Well, there's a couple here. I'm going to read them out and I'm going to leave a couple towards the end. And, oh, right. and, well, and make your point. wild cards. Well, I mean, me? I've obviously got, I've, I've written them down as I thought of them. So I've got United, Liverpool, Everton, Arsenal, Spurs, Newcastle, Chelsea, QPR, Yay. Co- Coventry. Did you two? I've got Coventry, Coventry in mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't Coventry have Coventry. Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds, Forest, definitely, for me, they'll always be yep. top flight teams regardless. Uh, where have I got? Uh, Norwich, Villa, Wimbledon, Palace, Blackburn. Oh, Middlesbrough. See, they're in there. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> now, then you get up Southampton. And then, then it struck me that there were a few teams that I thought, mm. and you know one of them, and I'm going to get crucified for this, but I nearly forgot Manchester City. But, but then no. I remembered why, because, and this isn't anything against Manchester City, but for a lot of the 90s, were they not... You know, there was a big part of the end of the 90s when they weren't in the top Yeah, but they were up and down. And also, I would put them in because of they were always flirting with relegation until the final. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, there's that famous game um, with Liverpool. and Georgie Kinkladzi. Georgie Kinkladzi was my reason. It's funny, isn't it, how you can... T-shirts will... Oh, yeah, no, no, this isn't... Although he still claims that he's better than Janino, which he isn't. This wasn't a slur on City at all, but it's just one of those things where if you'd ask somebody that was a little bit younger, maybe, and they, you know, from 97 onwards, they may not have thought of City. But then there's two more that I also haven't added. Again, very much of a time. Luton Town. No, not the... Pre- no, no. Mm-mm. They went down. Well, no, that wasn't Premier League. It was 90s. They went yeah, in the they Premier went... League. No, oh. Premier League, we said from 92, that was the rules. Oh, no. I th- no, I but that even that if they're 90s. not, they're only, they went down in 1990. So, no, yeah, they didn't. So no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They were, they were, they were in, in the Premier league. league. They've never been in the Premier League. Man. No, but they were in the they were in the Premier League. No, we said the, Premier League. That we was, never said no, no. that was the rule. We did say Premier League. I, United drew away at Luton. <laughs> um, Easter. <laughs> were you there, darling? Easter, Easter, <laughs> 1992, and it cost them the league. It was one-one, and Lee Sharp scored. So, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, Luton but that's were a top not Premier League, is it? Well, I did, it wasn't. It was. Is this show just about the Premier League? Yeah, or was it about 92? Yeah, it was in this. Yeah, because I made the rules, Matthew. I made the rules and I oh. said yes. It was only are you, are you Brucey now, are you? It was the it was yeah yeah. <laughs> you are. <asked. laughs> and there's no, another one. one then, Matthew. Who, who's the Come other on. one? Yeah, who's the other oh. one called? Oldham Athletic. You say yeah. Uh, yeah, I w- I will go with that. If I was going to go for an outside one, I would have said Bradford. Mm. No, no. They did stay up. You won't let me have Luton, who were in the top flight for three <laughs> yeah, seasons but that's in the nineties. They weren't in the Premier League. I never remember you. Uh, well, all right, we could always listen. 
we can listen back to last week's show and see if you said Premier League. If you did, I apologise. But I had it down as nine. I think I did say Premier League, but I'm not going to fight uh, with you about it. You'd, probably, like you'd have three pints of Matthew, I like, you. I like you, we're friends. Yeah, I like yeah. you a lot. So, okay. I, wish I'd, I, I wish I'd never put Middlesbrough in now. <laughs> you Chip. wanker. Yeah, yeah. Why would you not put Borough You have to put Why would you not put Middlesbrough in? Should he? Rather than Ellie. probably... At, well, yeah, but they, I don't think of Middlesbrough as a top-flight team. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I think of Luton as a top-flight team. I think of Oldham as a top-flight team. You don't even think of Middlesbrough as a top-flight No, don't. Honestly. That, this, Honestly. That was the whole point of this exercise was a name that comes I to you. I don't think putting Middlesbrough in the Premier League table of the 90s, of the 90s is yeah. a hard is, not is hard a hard sell, sell no, at no. all oh, so I've, I'm Gennaro, Nick Barmby Ravinelli Mark Schwarzer Brian Robson Marco that's a very Paul Merson that's a very Sky mid 90s centric view exactly that's yeah, what but, we're doing it for yeah, but at the, this whole conversation came about because we were talking about teams Forest, like Villa yeah. uh, well Forest initially saying how we thought I'll always think of them as a top flight team. I never I, it wasn't about whether they were in the Premier League in the mid nineties spending loads of money buying players. Oh, <laughs> so <trying> bitter. To, <laughs> it was right, about right, who right, you right, think. Right, 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 right. That, let's sum up. And let's sum up. Let's sum up because what we've got I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my view on your points now. Um, I agree with Joel in terms of Middlesbrough because I think the sto- they had a story within the 90s. Yeah, we had a story yeah, for a couple exactly. of years. Yeah, for a couple of years, we were in that. Wow. We were that. We were initial members of the Premier League for a start, like yeah. that first season. Then we got relegated. Then we came back up under Robson, and it was good fun. We had a brand new yeah. stadium. We were there for two years, and then we well, went down get, here, this and game then we was came co- back up. So we were there for like how if this, what six out of eight of those. Teams. If this game, if this game was called, think of a team who came along, built a new stadium, which is crap, and then every other team tried to do the same thing, spent a load of money, had a good laugh, and went down. Then, uh, yeah, he, I think, he really I think, hates that we had a new stadium. I know this could be the end of our beautiful he friendship. He hates right here. that we had a new stadium. No, I don't hate it's it. Like I just think it's ruining football. What are you going to do? Mate, I lived within a lick of the spit of Ayrton Park. He went to that place. The best thing that happened there was that you know Robert Plant went and watched Wolves away and took a lot of acid. And what a terrible place! Right, I'm in it. Uh, Middlesbrough in it. Middlesbrough in. I'm, Middlesbrough have got to be in it. That's in, so in. honestly. But, but, be, but I think you're changing the rules. You're changing the rules. I think we're more of a waiver than Middlesbrough. Oh, top London club in the first Premier League, I admit, but we were already in it for the first half. Sunderland, I'm not having. No, no. Really? You'd have you'd have Luton over Sunderland. Probably. Probably, but only because I think Sunderland are more of a Peter E. 2000s Premier League team. I don't think there's not a story from the 90s other than their playoff final. Is which it not, is, is it, was Peter E. not there in the 90s? I think he was not 1999 yeah, when they yeah, got promoted. That was the season they were trying to get up, wasn't it? When they went, they won the uh, playoff. Uh, they lost the playoff final. Yeah, yeah, against the Charles, yeah we, game, got, we yeah. got promoted. Yeah, it was us and Forest. No, it always promoted. comes back to Middlesbrough, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right, well, bad enough in Middlesbrough. Um, the two teams that no one's mentioned that I had on my reserve list were Leicester under my I, I wrote yeah. Leicester yeah. Yeah. I'd probably have Leicester in there more than Middlesbrough <laughs> oh fuck stop off it. stop it Matthew <laughs> honestly it's so easy um, Derby anyone Derby I thought about Derby as well yeah but yeah well, and, well and, the only other and, and also as well another one I kind of thought of was Sheffield United yeah two they went down the second season of the Premier League didn't they so I was a bit yeah, so, and didn't come back so I sort of thought about that um, yeah, Ipswich yeah. were one that 
could easily have been removed from mine as well. But I was, well, then, I was swayed uh, on. You know, like, when George Burley was yeah. in charge and they finished, what, seven? That was, was that, 2000. Was that 90s or like 2000? No, 2000, that was 2000. But I do yeah, remember well. the kind of Fizzens laces kit with Kiwomia and Jason and Dizel, when, uh, John Walk went yeah, back there. John Walk. Um, so they <laughs> Kiwomia, there's a player. Boncho Grenchev. Boncho Grenchev. Boncho Grenchev, Again, yeah. Paddy O'Sullivan, one of his favourite fo- forgotten footballers. Um, so, yeah, I mean... There's an argument to have for a few of those, but I think the bulk of them we, we There's definitely on. an argument to be had over it. I'm, Coventry, I'm still... Oh, we just had argument. Yeah, I think yeah. Coventry, definitely. Coventry would be in mine. Coventry? I just... Gary no, McCall. definitely. Peter when and did Love. They oh, oh. Peter and Love. Well, being fair, they were ever-present in the 1980s. I think they went down in 2001 exactly. or whatever. Yeah, more. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, you know what? I'll give you that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. But you're still not having Luton. Not having Luton. The... Not having Luton, well, no. They're basically having the one I said. What sort of planet would you not put Borough in, honestly? Because it's only based on that one season. <laughs> no, it's not. It's based on five seasons. No. No. Well, five yeah. seasons are in the Premier League, Matthew. We'll put it out to the... We'll yeah, I'm, debate, I'm debating Borough whether... In the top 20 teams of the only if, the Premier League. Yes, of course. If it's Premier League only, I might give you. But if it's... 89, 90, 90, 91, Oh, no, it's Premier League! Ash, you're going to have to rename the show now. It's not a 90s football podcast. It's a, it's a Premier, Premier League 90s right, football okay. podcast. So, which means but I can't, is you can't ever mention the, the 91, 92 season. Matthew, I asked the question. <laughs> I asked the question. Who would be your ultimate Premier League lineup? And I would want to put the borough in there. I think we're going to have to go. Say, who would be your today league division one ultimate fucking lineup? I think nineties was the clue. Okay. Premier that's, League. That's um, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, Joe, football wasn't invented in nineteen ninety-two. Oh. You sound like Martin Tyler the other day. We got all bitchy about it. Oh, yeah, he's a fine I'm, I'm trying that to find. We did have a someone who listened to that show actually tweeted us the, his 90s team. Oh, 90s come on. Oh, so it's a 90s team now, is it? Or is it a Premier League team? I'm trying to find it because there's a lot of notifications because there's a lot of activity on the social at AK90s. I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm feeling. What, time. Think, I know what? People are actually tweeting us. I know. Hell. I fit, I'm <laughs> so on his one. Oh, you're not going to be a fan of him. There's no Middlesbrough. There <laughs> you go. You see. No. Who is that? Name that man. <laughs> that man is Daniel Bell. What a great yeah, Daniel. I'm with you. Barrett, flash in the pan. Money team. Who, well, who, Daniel who, Bell is wrong. You're got, wrong. Ash got, is right. We all put QPR in. QPR in about the borough. Come on. Actually, based on your rules now, Ash, we can't ever mention QPR winning 4-1 away at Old Trafford because it didn't happen in the Premier League. I didn't say that. All that. (laughs) The rules of this game 